Welcome back to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast presented by Sib Sports. This is your host, John Ashkar, and I'm joined with my co-host, Jack Vanamater. How we doing, fine people? Glad to be back for LeBron's preview. Uh, we got a special guest this time. I'm super excited to uh, introduce Mr. Brad Ward. He runs his own podcast, All Eyes on Cleveland Podcast. You can find him on Twitter at, at Ward on Sports. Brad, it's great to have you. Yeah, guys, thanks for the invite, gentlemen. Uh, excited to be with you here tonight. Not too excited about the news lately, but excited to be here talking with you guys about another game that matters. Hey, you know, take it one week at a time here. Get get back in this thing. Yep. Yeah, and we just want to mention real quick, too, you might have seen it on our Twitter in the past couple of years, but Brad is our fantasy football commissioner for the Podcast versus Podcast League. So that's always fun and it's brought a new element to us. So we want to thank Brad for that. But Of course. Course. Yeah, let's hop into these news and headlines that we have here. So obviously, if you've been keeping up, the Browns have been hit by a huge wave of COVID cases. Not a lot of them are symptomatic ones, but the Browns <laughs> literally had 13 players on the active roster go on. So Jack, do you want to start with just like listing them all off? Yeah, 13 players and two coaches, mainly obviously Kevin Stefanski being the main coach, he's still coaching virtually, but it will not be, Stefanski won't be on the sideline. It'll be Alex Van Pelt calling plays and Mike Prefier to serve as the head coach. But as far as players go, we've got eight players on offense, five of them being starters. Baker Mayfield, Wyatt Teller, Drew Forbes, Jed Wills Jr., Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, Steven Carlson, and JoJo Natson. Six defensive players, four starters. John Johnson, Troy Hill, Tack McKinley, Malik McDowell, Anthony Walker, and I might butcher this name, Efedi Odenigbo? Yeah, Yeah. it's pretty close. Odenigbo, I think, but yeah, pretty close. Yeah. So obviously that's a huge part of our our team. I'll even mention Jamie Gillen, our punter special team. So huge part of our team. And during a part of a season that we really need to win these games as the playoffs near. Yeah, so thoughts on this, you know, first thing, try to look at the positive, right? Uh, In Joku, I mean, obviously this is crazy and we'll get a little bit more into what's fair and what's not here. But, you know, in Joku, Gillum and walker were last week positives right so there's a potential they could get those guys back i think in joku he announced on twitter or on instagram yeah yeah. he's gonna be back right Mm -hmm. i think is the news Uh, so that's really positive they'll have bryant he should have harrison bryant back boy it would help if they got walker back you know i know that um, ronnie harrison as well safety room you know you still got delta as of right now and who knows what happens tomorrow right guys so but you know and then harrison i guess was limited in practice so you're talking about you know potentially having still two starting safeties available where you're really going to be hurting i think is in the slot depending on if uh, this is defensively obviously if, you know, Troy Hill is not going to be available and then, you know, you've got your other slot, you know, the guy that would step in would be Greg Newsom has played some slot early on in the season. He's in concussion protocol, no COVID, but will he be ready for the game? And that's tough too. And then, you know, in the same boat, you know, that's kind of the defensive breakdown. Malik McDowell, you're going to miss 
Tack McKinley, you're going to miss. Oda Dingbo, I mean, he contributed against the Ravens. So all of these guys have contributed. However, I'm not, they have some depth on the defensive side of the ball. I'm not so worried about that as much as I am the offense, right? Schwartz, I mean, no COVID, but what did this guy have brain surgery or what? He's been in, the, in, in, in concussion protocol for like five weeks. It's ridiculous. What is going on? Well, I agree with you, Brad, that it's definitely the defense is definitely less worrisome than the offense. The offense is missing key cogs on the offensive line. And, you know, maybe if the Browns weren't missing Wyatt Teller and Jedrick Wills, you could just say run it down their throats because, you know, we don't have Baker. We're not going to throw long passes. Just run it. But you're missing possibly the best run-blocking offensive lineman in the entire NFL, and then you're also missing your left tackle. So that's a huge hit. And then... I also agree with you on the slot point that you made. I think that was a good one, Brad, because, you know, no Greg, no Troy Hill, but there is someone, MJ Stewart, that will play the slot for us. He did start in the Pittsburgh Steelers playoff game last year, and obviously he's not the best, but he's a guy who started in the past, so it makes me worry a little less. Yeah, he's got an experience there. I'm not, I've never been a big MJ Stewart fan, to be perfectly honest. He's a Mm -hmm. little slow and a little short, but he has, you know, he's played gutsy at times in big spots for the Browns. So, sure, yeah, I mean, he can step in there, certainly. Although he has transitioned to safety more this year, but yeah, in case of break, you know, in case of emergency, I'm sure he can slide up there and play that position. Offensive line, yeah, you're absolutely right. Here's the nice thing, though, is one, you know, and all of this I say with my fingers crossed because, guys, they got to go two more days here. We don't know what's – I mean, this could just keep going. This could get worse mm-hmm. before it gets any better. But as of right now, you can roll out your second team kind of, you know, quasi-second team offensive line with Hudson – Michael Dunn and Hance filling in in those spots. And you're not too bad off because the Browns really have a lot of depth. I mean, if you look at their second team offensive line, those guys could start a lot of places in the NFL. So, you know, I I, I don't, obviously it's not going to be the same as Teller and and Wills and and, and, uh, all those guys in there. But with, with those three guys, and Alex Taylor, they're available. As long as they stay off the COVID list, I think they can put a, you know, a good enough offensive line out there to still run block for Chubb and Dearness Johnson. You know, not having Kareem Hunt for this game is brutal, you know, along with the COVID as well. It doesn't look like he'll play. And then, of course, Case Keenum, right? You know, but, you know, a lot of people have been calling for Case Keenum for weeks now. I have not been one of them. I called for him one week. I thought the Lions week was the week to set Baker down and play case just for rest reasons. But I think they thought that Mayfield could kind of get off on the, against the Detroit defense and maybe get into a rhythm, and that kind of backfired on him. Keenum, you know, he's not going to do anything spectacular. You know, we saw him in the Denver game. Can he, can he score 24 points with this offense around him? maybe 17. I mean, you really got to lean on your defense in this game, right? I think if you can score over 20 points, you have a chance to win. We've seen the line shift, what, eight points, guys? I think that 
Yeah, I think the Browns minus six was a little aggressive by Vegas in the Browns direction. So, so some of those points coming back to them being a, a now a one and a half point dog is a little, you know, obviously because of COVID, but I think they probably maybe uh, overshot that a little. I was surprised at that line when it first came out that the Browns were six point favorites in this game, yeah. despite the woes of the, the Raiders recently. Yeah, that was probably a little bit of an overcorrection because, I mean, you mentioned it, the Raiders have not, not been great themselves, and they're a little banged up with Darren Waller missing the last couple games. You mentioned some of some of those backup offensive linemen. I wanted to quickly go over James Hudson, who really started the year poorly, but has really picked it up these last few weeks. So he's a guy that I'm really looking at to step up to fill the role of some of these missing linemen. Additionally, the NFL has come out and stated that they're not currently considering rescheduling this game. A lot of people were sure. you know, calling for the NFL to maybe look at that. And it's looking like they're going to stick stick to their Saturday game time at 4.30. So not only did the Browns have a short week, but we're not going to get any help from the NFL, it seems. And this is going to be, you know, it's tough because we've seen in the past the Browns, when they don't have their linemen, their run game has struggled. And, you know, you have no Kareem Hunt. Nick Chubb and Dearness Johnson. Dearness really has to step up for this offense to do anything. You mentioned Case Keenum as well. I'm just kind of briefly touching on all these points. Case Keenum is not going to do anything with his arm. He does not have a super strong arm, but he can, you know, he can control and, and manage the game. So you got to get that run game established and you got to get some sort of rhythm on offense if the Browns want to have a chance here. And then stopping Hunter Renfro is going to be really tough as well with the with the slot corners being so banged up. So with the Browns have a tall task ahead of them. It's not going to be fun. It's, it's probably going to be a pretty sloppy game, in my opinion, but it doesn't make it any less important for the Browns as we really need to pick up a win here. So it's absolute must win, you know, if they want to stay in contention. You know, I, the way that it figures out pretty much is they can lose one game and it, and it has to be that NFC game against the Packers if they lose any games down the stretch here. But this is one they have to get AFC tiebreaker implications. Their AFC record is a tiebreaker implication. If they were to win, you know, three of four down the stretch here, you know, it would be four or five with the Ravens win. They, I think they would finish seven and six in the AFC, which is not too bad. And they control their own destiny, you know. We do this thing on our show. In fact, I found it on the New York Times. It's pretty cool. It's like a playoff a simulation thing, but you can actually click on every single game on the schedule for every team and see how it affects your team's percentage to get in. So it's pretty wild, but we do it every week. We did it last week. And if the Browns just control their own destiny, not, you know, not touching any other games, I think they're at like, if they were to win those four or five, lose to Green Bay, they would be at like 94, somewhere between 94 and 96% chance to get in. They really have a chance if they were to win and if they were healthy, I would really say they have, they have a chance to, to win the division and host a, a playoff game. It's kind of fell in their lap with, with the way things went this last weekend, you know, San Francisco beating Cincinnati and, you know, the Steelers losing at the same week and everything. So 
it's going to be interesting. When you talk about the COVID stuff, it's crazy. It's not really fair. I heard some people complaining today about Stefanski not speaking out more in the press conference. Like, hey, this isn't really fair. We need to, you know, kind of change this. But I don't think that's Stefanski's job, guys. You know, for me, that would kind of show weakness. I feel like he did it right. If anybody should be banging the table, it should be Jimmy Haslam, I think. He's at the owners' meetings. You know, do what you got to do down there. He should be slamming the table, you know, this, that, the other. I don't expect them to move the game. They're not going to move the game because of money's sake, right? They're just not going to do it. The one thing that you could see a change in, and we heard a lot of talk about it today, Florio and some other people, Albert Breer talking about it a little bit, is that, you know, the Browns are one team that, that fell into line with this, the, the, the vaccination. They had one player not vaccinated. You know, the whole idea here for the NFL was to reward the teams that got their players vaccinated. So here they are with a breakout, all these breakthrough cases. They should somehow get the benefit of the doubt. And they're kind of looking at rules like if guys are asymptomatic, can we let them play? And I, that's a really a conundrum because, you know, are, can they spread it? You know, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much we know that it doesn't get spread on the football field, right? Like we've seen enough matchups to know that the open air is enough to kind of, you know, it's never really been spread from one team to another in a game. Most people believe that pretty pretty firmly. But is it really fair to for the Browns to be in this situation when they were so compliant in in this vaccination stuff? And it's really not fair. But the problem is I don't think they're going to do anything about it, guys. Mm-hmm. And no, I mean, that's a good point. Roger Goodell was actually on NFL Network today, and they said they're discussing changes in order with that. So the thing is, like, yeah, maybe an asymptomatic guy can play. But the thing is, the NFL people and businesses and companies are going to look at them since they're such a huge corporation. So they also have to know that they kind of set the tone for a lot of other businesses, which could look bad if stuff goes wrong in the future. But absolutely, it definitely could go in the Browns' way. You know, at this owners' meeting, Roger Goodell decides, hey, if they you know are asymptomatic, they can play, and just. Brad, you were also talking about records, and I think that's a good transition into our next little sort sort of part, the AFC yeah. playoff picture. So, Jack, I'm going to read it off real quick, and then we'll get talking about it. The Patriots are first right now at 9-4. and four. The Titans are second at 9-4. and four. The Chiefs are third at 9-4. and four. They really heated up. The Ravens are fourth at 8-5. and five. And then you got your three wild card teams, the Chargers at 8-5, and five, the Colts at 7-6, and six, the Bills at 7-6. and six. And then you have your outsiders. So number eight, the Browns at seven and six. Number nine, the Bengals at seven and six. The Browns obviously getting the spot above them because we beat them. And then you have the Broncos at ten at seven and six. The Browns also beat them. So those were two actually really big wins for the Browns looking back on them. But the Browns have some climbing to do, but you know, it's there. Like the division's even there too, which is wild to think about right now. The division the division is absolutely there. For one reason, we we all know Lamar Jackson is in risk of missing this game. Number two, the Ravens play the Packers this week, so you know if that that makes this Ra- Raiders game for the Browns an even more of a must win because you think you know hypothetically that if the Browns win this week, we're probably tied with the Ravens for the division, and so it makes it that much more important. 
Yeah, and, and they also, they, I mean, they're the Ravens' schedule down the stretch is brutal. They get the Rams as well down the stretch. So not only do they play the Packers, but they get the Rams and also the Bengals and the, the Steelers. So tough four games left on their schedule. It bodes well for the Browns. Yeah. And then you mentioned, John, the seven and six teams. We got five, seven and six teams, right? So that makes even, you know, at each of these wins, each and even more crucial as it's probably going to be, you know, there's going to be a few teams that might get snubbed a little bit with this in the sense that they might have the same record as a team that makes the playoffs, but it's going to be, you know, so close that the Browns cannot afford to drop one of these games to the, the Raiders, Steelers or Bengals. You know, considering that you're probably you can probably chalk up that Packers game as a as a probable loss. Even I mean, it's never over. But hopefully yeah. not. It would, it would be yeah. definitely be nice I mean, to get that there one. There could on be Christmas. lingering. There could be lingering. You know, COVID effects all the way into that game. Even the Packers yeah. game. You know, if you're talking ten days and whatnot, to double tests, two days test back to back negative. You know, as we're seeing this week, as we still have guys on the list from last week, so that game being as difficult as it is on Christmas day and in Lambeau, yeah. obviously was looking forward to that all year until the Browns kind of put themselves in the situation. <laughs> now, not, not yeah. looking forward to it so much anymore, but yeah, that one doesn't hurt him as bad because it's an NFC game, obviously, and doesn't, doesn't wreak as much havoc on their playoff picture. They could probably get away with losing that one. If they get to 10 wins, you know, a lot of these teams play each other down the stretch. So you're going to see a lot of teams beating up on each other, especially in the AFC West and the AFC North. Because the two conferences play each other this year, you get a lot of that crossover down the stretch. North versus North, West versus West. So you're going to get like Thursday night, you get the Chiefs and Chargers. That helps, right? You get the Chiefs first, the Bengals, I think. The Chiefs first, the Steelers down the stretch. So, yeah, I mean – the, the, all those games help the West versus the North and the North for the West because all those teams are, are just just lumped all together there, right in the same spot. Right. So they're going to beat up on each other. I'd be surprised. You know, a lot of people think ten wins won't do it. I think ten wins probably gets you in. I think a lot of people are don't realize how hard it's going to be to get to ten wins because of that crossover action we're talking about there. Yeah, and let me just read for the audience real quick the AFC North standings so they can get a better insight of what we're talking about. Baltimore's leading at eight and five. The Browns are in second at seven and six. Cincinnati is in third at seven and six. And Pittsburgh is in fourth, last place, six, six and one. Let's go. So, you know, the Browns are playing, what, two of those teams to end the year? So the Browns themselves can end these teams' playoff hopes themselves, like at home too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what we're looking at, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, no, but what ahead. you're probably looking at, if this plays out, if they find could just find a way to get past this Raiders game, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's goal number one right now because it certainly is going to be a tall task with everything that they're facing, you know, players-wise. Now, the Raiders are kind of a dumpster fire in, the, in their own right right now, but at the same time, they're not going to be missing, you know, half their starters on both sides of the ball. So certainly will be a tall task. I think they can find a way to win. If they could, I think you're looking at, I mean, I think that second, that the Steelers game in week 17, I believe is Monday night football. I think you're going to turn around and probably get flexed to Sunday night 
because that Bengals Browns game is going to be potentially to win the division if the I fight if the Ravens lose like I think they are to the Rams and the Packers. Yeah, in, you know, just to find, kind of read off this final schedule to, you know, something we could have done earlier, but Raiders, Packers, Steelers, Cincinnati. So kind of wrapping all this up, you know, you've got, you, you, like you said, Brad, they really control their own destiny. So they do. So if this is going to be on the Browns, um, if they want it bad enough, and I obviously this COVID does not help, but this is a, still a winnable game. You know, at a certain point, you got to stop making any excuses and just be better. So, big game coming up. It's going to be a fun one. I might be at the game. We'll see. So, I'm looking forward to that. Let, let's just uh, ask. Yeah. Let's just ask Brad yeah. real quick too. Brad, does this Browns team make the playoffs? Yeah, I think they do. Honestly, I think they do. I think they find a way to win. You know, the one thing that we've learned about this team is that they are resilient. They actually play their best at times when their back's against the wall. We saw that last year. We saw that kind of going into that Cincinnati game this year when they were really up against it. They came out and played a really good game. You know, it's strange, but we've been here before, right? No Stefanski. We've been here before with, with the same situation in the playoffs last year. They responded well. Obviously, we weren't missing the same amount of players, yeah. but certainly – and what you know, the level of competition is a little different as well. This game's at home. You know, they're gonna need a, a packed house going crazy on Saturday. It's gonna get dark. We don't know the weather could be kind of nasty. So muck this thing up, man. If you're the Browns, you ugly <laughs> this game up as much as you can. Muck it up. Run the ball. You know, play action with Keenum here and there. Take your shots, but. You know, you want this game to be as ugly as can be, and that gives the Browns a better chance to win, in my opinion. Very well said. Yeah. They're they're perfect at playing gritty, so couldn't think of a better yeah. team to do that. But like Jackson, that wraps it up for us today. That's all that we had. Brad, thank you. It was actually a pleasure having you on, getting your insight, and hopefully we can record with you again sometime in the future. But, again, Anytime, love what you, know, you said. Yeah. Anytime. And that's all for us. Thank you for tuning in to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast. And thanks to you guys if you made it this far listening to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast. Today's intro beat was made by Cold Melody on YouTube. We will have a link to it in the description. Make sure you all go give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the hottest underscore take pod. Thanks again to Brad for joining us on the show. You can find him on Twitter at Warden Sports and at All Eyes on Clee. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to stay up to date with our show. Also, make sure you rate the show and leave some feedback. Thanks again, y'all, and see you next time.